1: Welcome, everyone, to Frank Geek's
2: Day Geek, Club. I'm your host, Jordan Ron on ESPN, ESPN.com. And the grind has begun. That's right. Training camp is underway. The season is on the horizon. Well, first the preseason, then the regular season, and then hopefully for the Giants' case, there'll be the playoffs once again. As Sterling Shepherd said this weekend, it's been very clear, and this is kind of interesting because it's a flip of the rhetoric, right, that, What Brian Dable tells them, and when he tells them behind closed doors and his message to the team is that it's not okay. We're not here just to make the playoffs. We're not here just to have a good season, win some games. The goal is ultimately to put a banner up in the field house, right? Meaning win a championship. Well, that's interesting because last year at this point, we would have just laughed our faces off if we heard that. Now, I still think it's – somewhat laughable and not really reality at this point but I get it the goal should always be to win a championship that's what they're building to now do we really think they could do it this year I don't I mean maybe in that inside that building they, they have to convince themselves that they do but I think most people outside believe that they're not winning a championship this year they're picked to win uh, the over under in Vegas is seven and a half wins but I will say this. They look like a better team so far at training camp. I'm going to go through some little nuggets and what I've been seeing here. We'll get to the Saquon situation, why I think the Giants won big in this case. We'll get to that in the a special segment after. And we're also going to talk to the front runner to win one of the starting safety jobs, the, the starting safety job, I should say, next to Xavier McKinney. So we'll get to him, we'll get to that interview in a few minutes. But First, I want to tell you, the early part of training camp, was has been notable. And the number one thing is, and this makes them a better roster right off the bat, is they have a player, a receiver, should he stay healthy, who is a force. Okay? Darren Waller is a freak. Okay? When you look out on that field, when you see the Giants line up, and they're running routes and they're running patterns, Darren Waller is a force to be reckoned with. He looks different, right? This isn't Daniel Bellinger out there. Not a knock against Daniel Bellinger, who filled in Admiral Bray last year as a starter and is a quality player and contributor in the NFL, I believe. But he's not a bona fide number one receiving tight end. Darren Waller is. I mean, there's nobody out there on the Giants that can guard him right now. He is unguardable most days by anybody on the field with the Giants. And that includes even if you want to take their cornerbacks and put them on them. I mean, there was a time at practice on Sunday. I'm taping this on Sunday. The Giants have Darren Waller one-on-one lined up out wide against Deontay Banks, and that's a matchup that they want to go to. Like, even if he's against Adoree Jackson, who's clearly the Giants' top cornerback, Banks has struggled. We'll get to that in a few minutes. Even if you want to put Waller up against Adoree Jackson, that size difference, I mean, he's humongous. He makes everyone else out there looks small. So that's been the most notable thing in the early part of training camp. We're four practices in as we tape this. Hopefully this is dropping on Monday morning. There'll be another practice Monday morning. First full pads comes on Tuesday. So I'm not going to get too much into the line play because you don't evaluate line play until they put on pads. Every coach is worth the damn, I'll tell you that. But I will tell you this, the Giants are rotating centered. You know, John Michael Schmitz, the rookie out of Minnesota, second round pick, and Bre- Ben Bredesen. Bredesen got first crack at center. Schmitz is the next day. They've been altering so far every other day. So that looks like a real competition, which leaves left guard open because who knows if, if Bredesen doesn't start at center, he probably starts at left guard. Josh Izuno is getting his full shot there, but don't count out, don't overlook Tyree Phillips. Who, by the way, if you want to be honest with yourself, if you want to be, go look back at the film and look at the Giants' season, Tyree Phillips outplayed Evan Neal at right tackle this year. Hands down, not close. So don't sleep on Tyree Phillips working his way into the lineup. Now, is it likely? At this point, I would say no. He's a good quality reserve. But is it completely out of the question that Tyree Phillips wins a starting job? And I'm talking mostly at left guard where they tried him today. I'd say no. So that's where we're at on the offensive line. As far as the Giants' weapons as a whole. So the way I look at it, Waller's obviously a beast. Cross your cross your fingers. Hope he stays healthy, right? He's going to go up. He's going to be able to win a lot of balls, 50-50 balls. He can jump over people's heads. He moves well, and he's just huge. You don't, There's not many guys that are that size and move like he does. So stay healthy, and the Giants have their number one receiver. Now, it's going to be at the tight end position. I didn't say wide receiver. I said number one receiver. At the wide receiver position, I feel good that Paris Campbell – who the Giants really like? I, every time I talk to people in the building, Paris Campbell's the name that comes up. They really like Paris Campbell. Darius Slayton's making plays at training camp every day. Isaiah Hodgins could play in the sleep. He's a contributor. So at least I have three guys there alongside Waller, who I feel confident is going to give me something that could play at NFL starting caliber level. Are they high-end starters? Are they number ones? No, they're not. But are they non NFL wide receivers like the Giants had last year? No, they're not that either. They're better than that. So their weapons are greatly improved. Saquon, by the way, looks great. Looks like you kind of expected him. Looks the same as last year explosive, big, strong. So we'll get, but we'll get to his situation in a minute. The fact that he's even there blows my mind, boggles my mind from his perspective, from the Giants' perspective, great. Although I, I'm pretty sure from the conversations that I had that they wouldn't have minded if he, didn't show up to camp either until later this summer. Wasn't be that big a deal. Get to that a little bit. But, and we'll get to, I'll give you a full rookie watch next weekend. Like Jalen Hyatt contributed, doing a little more each day. Hit a big pass play on uh, Sunday. So he could give you something. I'm not sure the consistency is there. He's at the point yet where you can count on him to play a significant, huge role. But it'll hit some big plays for them because that speed is special. Rookie watch coming next week. Stay tuned. On the meantime, when you look at the defense, again, the line, not going to go crazy about line play until they get in pads first time Tuesday. Inside linebacker, Bobby Okereke, looks like he could play. First two plays on Sunday. Okereke, swing pass, uh, you know, to Saquon. Okereke, boom, pops him. Not supposed to hit the running back in that case. But kind of, you know, chest bumps him hard to the ground. Minimal game. You know, clearly, this was something the Giants didn't have last year. So just by adding Bobby Okereke, it's a massive upgrade because what did they have at that spot last year? Jalen Smith? Are we serious, right? Jared Davis? Come on. The other spot next to Okereke, still a huge question mark. Darian Beavers probably could help them against the run. He's huge, big guy, long. But he's also coming back off a knee injury. Micah McFadden, second year, slow start at camp. We'll see what he could do. They're alternating with the ones now. I don't know if I want you would want to see either of them playing an extended role at this point. Maybe Beavers can help against the the run. Both of them liabilities against the pass at this point. So probably would see a lot of sub package if those were the options. Now maybe Beavers gets healthier. Let's see. He's been limited. He hasn't he hasn't played a huge number of snaps so far. At camp has been limited. Uh, Thibodeau and Ojolari... Nothing stood out either way, positive or negative, too much on either of them. I will tell you this: I mean, the more I talk to people in the building, the more there are people who believe that Aziz Ojolari is legitimately the better pass rusher of the two; that he's a better pass rusher, natural pass rusher, than Kayvon Thibodeau. Doesn't mean Thibodeau can't be a good player; they don't think he's going to be a good player, but they just think natural pass rushing. There are people in the Giants organization that think a lot Ojolari is the better pass rusher. The secondary has some huge questions. We'll see how that goes. Now, maybe those two pass rushers, if healthy, can help sort of, uh, what's the right word, mask the deficiencies on the back end. Slot hasn't been a great start for uh, Cordell Flott and Darnay Holmes. We kind of know what he is, right? At the cornerback spot, Deontay Banks, he's running first team every snap. And boy, has it been a struggle. There's no way around it. It's been a struggle. Keep in mind, we're four days in. He's a rookie. Let's see what he looks like later on in camp. But we can't just ignore the fact that it is what it is right now. I'm not saying it's time to panic for sure. Not there yet. Not even close. You want to give him as many reps as possible. But it's been a struggle for him. And on the flip side, sixth rounder Trey Hawkins has actually looked really good working with the second team. So worth noting at this point, those two things. We'll see how it goes. As far as the other safety spot next to Xavier McKinney, first day you got Jason Pinnock. Second day you got Dane Belton working the first team. Third day you got Bobby McCain. So open competition there. Pinnock is the front runner. Let's hear from him after Sunday's practice. On to the next one. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple.
1: Must be 21-plus plus and present president select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
2: All right, so we're going to talk to Jason Pinnock here. Um, in the mix to be one of the starting safety. So first, let's preface this. We're here Sunday afternoon. Practice ends. I believe it was a competition period kind of deal. Last play, Daniel was actually sacked. That blew the whistle. Thro- throws it up just to try to make a play. And who grabs it one-handed, by the way, and then tosses it. 10 yards in the air in celebration, Jason Pinnock. So take take me through that a little bit and what that was like. Yeah, so,
0: so he brought us up. a little competition period at the end of practice, you know, one-on-one, best-on-best. Uh, he, he asked us, he was like, all right, Lewis is going to run the gas there. We're like, okay, cool, you know, money on the line. Let's do it. And um, like you say, yeah, a little couple one. Danny was sacked kind of, and they just – Tossed it up, like Hail Mary type thing, and yeah, went up and grabbed that thing. Went, had to let them know that that forty inch vert still working. <laughs> <laughs> forty inch vert, that's pretty good. How did that? How did that feel? It felt good, man. I was- Talking about, I didn't get a spring, you know, to kind of really get acclimated. So it's just great being back with these guys, man. It's like the last I got was Vikings, you know. So right. tell tell me why. What was it you had to do in the spring? Like, what what were you dealing with, and kind
2: of, you know, when when did you get the clear to just kind of go here?
0: Uh, I was kind of clear basically, uh, end of uh, mini camp, like right before mini camp, but uh, just a little why th- risk it at that point, though? Yeah, exactly. So, why risk it? It was just a little shorter, not really gonna go too much in depth, but got it cleaned up and we were good. And I'm feeling great, you know, as you see, no brace, no anything like that, but feeling amazing. Yeah, looking
2: good so far.
0: Which brings us to you,
2: you mentioned, you know, you were with the one, you know, it was one of the ones versus ones. That means you were with the ones. What's that like for you, and how are you approaching that? The fact that you're getting that opportunity that. They, they gave you, <laughs> that's Kayvon Thibodeau yelling in the background, and he wants Beyonce tickets, by the way. Surprise you at all?
0: <laughs> uh, man, just uh, like the opportunity. Like you said, that's the, the biggest thing, man. Right? If you look past throughout my entire career, you know, I, if I've gotten an opportunity, I kind of took it by its hole, you know, and that's what I'm trying to do here uh, be a sponge, learn from guys like Bobby McCain, learn from guys who got season a offseason, and extremely smart young guy, Dane Billy. You know, these guys are so smart, it's easy to just soak up all this knowledge and learn the new concepts and be able to show, you know, my athletic ability all inside our playbook. Obviously, they let Julian get walk, right? He got a
2: nice deal from Seattle, so he walked. But the fact that they know they have you here and they said, what what did they say to you in regards to, hey, we're going to give you this opportunity, we we believe in you kind of deal?
0: Exactly what you said. Kind of uh, just told me straight up, you know, like, hey, we, we really like you, you know, and this is you know, something that you gotta take hold of this off season, uh the playbook, your body, everything. And like I said before, I mean keep saying it's just the opportunity, man. I can't I can't be thankful enough. nothing. And so
2: how do you think it's been going so far early in we where this was a,
0: a fourth practice? fourth, yeah, fourth practice. It's been going good. And um, if you check go back and back each practice, basically he's got a little rotation going. It's yeah, fight yeah. it out. So it's you, Bobby and Dang. Dane kinda each got a day. But you were first up. That yeah, does that mean something to you? To me, no. Honestly, no. You know, and that way, Sundays. Yeah, you know. Again, if you look at my career at the Jets, I was a, a penciled starter, quote unquote. You know, through the off season, I got cut. So you know, I've gotten humble early <laughs> on. I got humbled early on. So I care about who's out there on Sunday, and um, you know, it's no emotion in it, man. We're all taking it, you know, how it comes, and we're gonna fight it out, you know. But also learn from each other, you know. And I love the atmosphere in the room. We saw you get a good amount of, of burn
2: last year, but. Tell people what you think you can bring to this defense. Like, what what does what your skill set, you know, kind of provide and how would that kind of play next to X? Because, like, he, he's the one that he's kind of – he is plugged into that other spot, right?
0: For sure, for sure. Uh, I'm long. I'm rangy. Uh, I could jump. I was just uh, – when I did that, uh, the last play there, I was joking with Wink. I'm like, I'm still just a blitzer. Gave him a little wink, you know. <laughs> he loves me blitzing and stuff. And, you know, we every, every guy has their thing that, you know, they do well. Um, I had a D-lineman dad as a coach. He coached me for 10 years. So I, I know a lot of kind of interior things that maybe other DBs may not. So uh, that's why he likes me in there. But I am I think personally, I'm all around. Uh, I'm rangy. I can play man. I played corner my whole life. Um, I, I think I do it a lot, to be real. So that's interesting that you said that to
2: him because, like, I know he probably meant it as, like, a compliment that he likes you in that role. But at the same time, as a player, you always have that in the back of your head and you use it as motivation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So,
0: no, it, it was all love. Yeah, It was a great, it was just a compliment. But you don't forget those kind of things. You're like, hey, oh, just a blitzer, you know, come on. Right, right. Yeah, so it, it's in the back of your head. But I just joke with them every right now and then. Every time I do something like that or something in man, you know, I'll mess with them. All right, so you,
2: you spent some time with the Jets, right? Now you're here with the Giants. First of all, how much are you keeping an eye on it? It's They're like one of the hot stories this summer, right? Because Aaron's there now. Like, how much do you? Keep an eye on that and how much you still speak to guys over there and have an idea of what's going on.
0: Uh well, especially with training camp going on, man, I'm where my feet at. And like w- like yeah. we just talked about, I got a big ass opportunity right in front of me. Uh I'm w- what goes on over there is great, you know, whatever's going on in green. Uh I got some good friends like forever, you know, beyond this this sport, this profession. But again, I'm where my feet at. I'm trying to win me a job, you know, and I'm trying to make sure the guys in blue and red are winning. Yeah. You know. That's what I care about
2: play a quick game now. Jets versus Giants. Ready? Better cafeteria food.
0: Uh, Oh, so we had one Jamaican cook at the Jets. I'm Jamaican. Okay. And he killed it. And that day literally maybe put some even, but Giants. right. Better practice facility. Mm. Giants. I love this grass. Whatever they do to this grass. This is the new grass. You notice the difference? I'm I'm curious about that. Yeah, good for your joints. I'm not feeling it so much in my patellas, but like... Guys talk about that a decent amount
2: because I, we're standing on it right now. You could tell it's different.
0: Yeah, definitely. No, guys talk about it a lot because your body feeling better. So yeah.
2: better commute to the city. Jets or Giants? Come on, I give you. I had to give you a softball so you could right. clearly right. say Giants here.
0: <laughs>
2: um, harder defensive coordinator. Well, let's consider you had a bunch of different guys over there, right? But who runs a harder practice when you're there, Dable or Sala? How about that? Harder meaning what? You define it.
0: Davis doesn't make you come in super early, I mean, right? Right. It's like you guys. Are like, I would have to say Jets. Yeah, I would have to say Jets. Early as hell and long and yes. So yeah, for sure Jets.
2: And your favorite team that you want to be in the future? Here's another layup. All right, man. I appreciate it. Good luck, man. Uh, it'll be fun watching to see you know your opportunity here to to try and win that job and uh I'm sure that uh, interception won't hurt. Definitely won't hurt. Appreciate talking to you. Thanks there to Jason Pinnock. Uh, I'm a Pinnock fan. I think he could be a decent starter in this league. That athleticism, he has supreme athleticism for that position, as he said, 40-inch vertical leap. But just the way he runs and is able to move at his size, I think he has a shot to be a decent starting safety, quality starting safety in this league. Let's do a segment now called the Saquon Sitch. Right, I'm going to Breakdown really how this whole Saquon Barkley thing played out Giants veterans report on Tuesday and I'm stunned that this happened by the way stunned because it doesn't even make sense for Saquon Barkley to be in training camp I'm still trying to make sense of why from Saquon Barkley's perspective he's in training camp considering what he received right he got Sort of an adjusted franchise tag, we're calling it. In addition to the $10.1 million, he's a chance to make another close to a million dollars in incentives. It's based on this: 1,350 yards rushing. If he gets that, he gets $300 plus thousand dollars. 65 plus catches, another $300 plus thousand dollars. And then 11 touchdowns. Again, another $300 plus thousand dollars. But, but, he also has to tie in making the playoffs in addition to that. And let me tell you, 1,350 yards, that's a new career high. So it's unlikely he ever gets any of these things, any of these numbers. He got 65 passes last year. He didn't rush for 11 touchdowns or top 11 touchdowns rushing. So he basically has to set new career highs. When the Giants, I just told you their weapons are going the other way, like the rest of the league, they're not going to run the ball as much. They're not going to be as much Saquon relying. He played 80-plus percent of the offensive snaps last year. 80-plus percent. That's going to go down. They drafted Eric Gray. He's going to probably take some snaps. They're not going to rely on the running back as much. He would have to stay healthy. So the likelihood is Saquon Barkley didn't get anything to show up. And the Giants still have control of that tag. Really what this comes down to is Saquon Barkley having FOMO. He just didn't want to miss out. He didn't want to be sitting at home and take the heat from fans who are criticizing him for sitting at home. He wanted to be with his teammates, I get it. Team guy. That, that reputation, that image matters to him. But, man, from a business perspective, show up later in the summer. We already saw Jalen Ramsey on the Dolphins. You saw Joe Burrow on the Bengals that get injured. Why would Saquon Barkley, who's now playing on a one-year deal, with the franchise tag hanging over his head, be in camp? I don't get it. I think it's silly. I think it's a terrible business decision for him overall. You know what it is? It's great for the New York Giants. They're the big winners. Joe Shane's the big winner out of all of this. Played Saquon like a fiddle. Didn't believe for one second that he wouldn't show up for the regular season.
1: But forget that. He ends up not, showing, not even holding out a day of training camp. Not one day.
2: Put some pressure on the Giants, and maybe you could have got them to Promise you not to use that tag next year. Now it's going to happen? Saquon Barkley plays great. His best case scenario. He plays great. Guess what? He's in the same spot again next year. The Giants in total control. With that franchise tag dangling over his head. Not going to pay him long term. Saquon, they weren't able to reach his value this year. When he's a year older. When we wear a tear on his body. Guess what? They ain't going there next year, buddy nope, sorry, they're not going to do it. So unless Saquon's demands come down or his what he believes his value is, the Giants are in total control. Saquon's got no leverage and is stuck. And I know it's terrible for running backs, but I mentioned it before. You know, the only way, the only way that the running backs can get out of this right now, one of them has to win. Saquon Barkley needs to win. They need to win big in regards to playing really well and his team having massive success, massive success. I'm talking like championship game type stuff for him to have a chance to really get paid by the Giants. That's my opinion. I think he's in a tough, tough spot. Now I commend him for wanting to be with his team, for being a good team player, for wanting to win. From a business perspective, yikes, man. Fight for that tag because that was his only way. His only way to see what, if to, for him to potentially reach what he believes his real value is monetarily, was to get to be a free agent and hit that open market. Now, by the way, like if he thinks he's worth, he mentioned the number and might have slipped at the end of his press conference. You know, uh, I didn't even ask for 15 million. Like that's probably what he, but he said, if he says that, that's probably what he thinks he's worth. Forget that. Let's say 14 a year. So to get two years guaranteed, 28 million. $14 million over two years. I don't think he can get that on the open market. Not in these days. Not at 27 years old next year. Good luck, Saquon. Should have fought for the tag, in my opinion. Now you're in trouble. But from a Giants perspective, Saquon's playing this year. The drama's not hanging over our head. That question will not hang over our head, right? They can't even negotiate with him until after the season. So while Saquon might be getting asked about the contract, the Giants just be like, we're not thinking about it. We'll worry about it after the season. They can't even negotiate with him. Everything is tilted in their favor right now. Everything in regards to the Saquon Barkley situation. So they got him right now. $10.1 million. Some incentives out there. Let's be honest. Unlikely he hits them. He would need to have the best year. Of his career and stay healthy for all 17 games. Good luck,
1: Saquon. Good luck. Robert Half research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI.
2: Alright, let's wrap up here a little quick. Jordan on the beat. This is where I tell you what it's like to cover the Giants, work for ESPN, or cover the NFL in general. So let me bring up the dilemma that you face. You're on TV. At ESPN, we don't really do the polos, so you kind of need to have a dress shirt. Now, doesn't necessarily need to be with a tie. Obviously, you see a lot of people on without ties these days. But at the very least, I feel like in order to, when we're on TV, we're kind of asked to wear a dress shirt, long sleeve dress shirt. Now, it's 90 plus degrees at training camp. So I should say you should at least have to wear a jacket, a jacket, dress shirt suggested. Let's let's phrase it that way. Now, 90 plus degrees, you're not wearing a jacket and a dress shirt. And you're not standing out there for two hours and the heat pounding down on you. You're you'll be a, a sweaty, disgusting mess by the time you're done. But the first day I did wear the tie with the shirt and I survived. Put the jack. You put the jacket on later when you go on TV. So I had a TV crew there with me, working with me. Now the question is, do I go with one of these stretchy performance uh, short sleeve shirts that kind of look dressy, and then just put the jacket on top of it later, and this way you could wear short sleeves and pull it off, or do I man it up, tough it up, and wear the dress shirt like I wore day one? I survived the dress shirt and a tie with shorts. Because they don't see below the waist anyway. And then throw on the jacket when you need to go on TV. It's quite the dilemma. Now, when the TV crew is not there with me, I just keep the, the dress shirt and the jacket in the car. I don't have to wear it all day. I'm not on TV as much. They might need me here or there. But I could always just do the, the quick, you know, uh, Superman, Clark Kent type change. But it's the dilemma is what can you wear where you can survive outside in 90-plus degree heat and sun pounding down on you. You know, we're talking in the swamps, no less, so it could be really humid, although it has, there has been a nice little breeze so far. But generally, most summers, super humid, super muggy, super swampy out there because you're in the swamps to the middle of, Like, what can you wear so that you can survive during practice and then be ready for TV right after? So I'm on the lookout for, like, short-sleeve type, performance dress shirts, even if it's without a collar, that looks good enough to throw the jacket on over it, but still dressy enough to pass on TV. And I'm having some trouble. I've been ordering some different stuff, looking at them. So if you have any suggestions, I'm open to them because this is the dilemma you face when you work for ESPN. You have to be out there. You have to be in the heat. You have to do TV. And I mean, sometimes we're out there setting up our own shots. You don't have the the camera crew and it's a hundred degrees and you're sweating. You're You know, you know, your cojones off. Holy cow. And you're just an utter disaster when you get on air because you look like a sweaty mess. The sun's pounding on you. Your forehead's gleaming. You can see the reflection on your head. You know, these are the struggles. Struggles of being your own producer, trying to be on TV. Actually, one of the shots I had the other day, it was Tuesday when Saquon signed, was I have no producer, so I'm out there by myself. I'm I'm rushing, setting up shots, trying to figure... You know you're trying to make sure you're prepared on top of this all because that's the most important thing. And my collar didn't want to cooperate. It's standing out, sitting outside of the jacket. Oh, the struggles! The struggles. Life is difficult. I kid, because life is not that difficult. If that's my biggest problem, you're doing okay. I'm doing okay. I'm surviving Then you laugh it off. You're like, oh crap, my collar looked like dog poo. Big deal. Big deal. It happens. My face is a shiny mess. You can see it looks like a mirror. It's a reflection. I'm beat orange from the sun. And you see the reflection on my forehead. You can't concentrate on anything I'm saying on TV because that's all you see. It happens. It happens. Training camp, ladies and gentlemen. The training camp struggles. That's Jordan on the beat. And you know what? That's the first training camp podcast in the books. Training camp 2023. Uh... Make sure you go to Instagram. I'm putting stuff up every days. Every days. Every day on Instagram. Twitter, obviously, I'm keeping you up to date with news. Haven't really got hooked to threads yet. Tell me if I need to. But some TikTok I'm doing out there. YouTube will enter the mix. Make sure you follow Jordan Ron on ESPN there as well. Jordan Ron on ESPN at Instagram at Jordan Ron on, on Twitter. You know where to find me. I'll answer all your questions with a uh, Giants After Dark sometime coming up soon. Uh, but I'll keep you up to date on training camp. That's first and foremost. Make sure you listen to Breaking Big Blue. And as always, let me tell you, a lot of people come up to me, have come up to me lately at training camp when I see them at. They say I love the podcast. I appreciate all of you. Thank you all so much for listening. I hope I add a little something that you're not really finding elsewhere. That's what I think I could bring to the table. These little nuggets, things I hear from people in the organization, things I see by being on the field every day, by listening to Brian Dable, every single press conference he has. That's what I bring to you that I don't think you could get anywhere else. So make sure you listen, subscribe, tell your friends, listen to Breaking Big Blue. See you next time.